0: Hey, welcome to Crosswalk Church. Today, Pastor Dan is bringing you a teaching, so head over to crosswalkphoenix.com and find today's message under the worship tab. There you can download the Crosswalk Notes to follow along. And now, here's Pastor Dan. And at this time, I ask you to go to your Crosswalk Notes. Crosswalk Notes, and there you will see the House of Cards, and today, looking at love and respect. As we look at this subject today, I'd like to take you back just for a moment to when I was at the seminary. And when I was at the seminary, one of the difficult things to do after we had graduated college and then when we were at the seminary was to find jobs during seminary to help us pay for it. And and it's difficult because even though you're a college graduate, there aren't a lot of businesses looking for someone with Greek and Hebrew knowledge, unless maybe a local museum is looking for an archaeologist or someone to help their archaeologist. And so it was always difficult to find jobs uh, that would pay halfway decently so that you could pay for school. And there were a couple guys uh, at the seminary, and one of them was my roommate, who ended up getting involved with a carpenter who put in wood floors. And... It was nice because they started them out at about $12 an hour, which back in 1993 uh, was a lot of money. And it's still not bad today. And, and so, what happened with these guys is they, they learned this trade of putting in these hardwood floors, and they were really blessed in that, and so was their boss. And, and so, the business they were part of continued to grow. And my roommate had specific ability in this and and for that reason, his boss actually gave him his own crew and and they would go, the the boss would bid the jobs and then they would go and do these jobs. Somewhere along the way, when he got his own crew, is when his boss started getting on him a little bit. And And his boss every day would call and say, how did the job go, how far along did you get? and he would tell him, and I remember sitting in the room as, as my roommate would, would tell him where they were at, and the boss was always unhappy. You know, you should be farther than that. You should be halfway done with that job. You should be three-quarters of the way done with that job. Should be. I expected that to be done by today, and now you're going, having to go back, and, and that's simply not acceptable. And my roommate would get off the phone, slam the phone, and say, you know what, I just, I can't work any harder than I'm working right now. I don't know what he expects of me. I think his expectations of me are unrealistic. And this went on for a few months, and finally after some of these calls, my, my roommate got off the phone and he told me, I'm gonna quit. You know what, I know I'm getting paid decent money and I appreciate, appreciate that, but it's not worth this abuse that I'm taking uh, every night when he's unhappy uh, with the work that I'm doing. And so the the next night, his boss called him and he said, just so you know, I'm gonna quit. I've, I've had enough, I can't handle this anymore. And his boss asked him, would you do me a favor? Would you meet with me first? Would you meet with me before you quit? And he agreed to do it. And, and they went and they had their meeting and the, my roommate came back and I asked him, well, are you still going to quit? And he said, no, I'm not. And he said, I had a great meeting with my boss and, and this is what he, what he taught me. He said, Jeff, and that's my roommate's name, you don't need to work harder, you need to work smarter. And and one of the things that that had happened with my roommate is he was so used to being the carpenter's assistant that when he was on a job, he was still acting like the assistant. And so if there were things in the truck that someone needed to go get, he would go get them. If there was a part that they needed or, or something they needed from the hardware store, he would jump in the truck, drive to the hardware store, come back 45 minutes later and continue with the job. And his boss told him, do you realize, Jeff, I need you here on the job with these others. You need to make sure they know what they're doing and you're keeping them working. We pay a kid $7 an hour to go get parts. We we pay him to clean up. I don't want you doing that. You need to work smarter, not harder. And the reason why I bring this up today is that that's been something, obviously, that was 25 years ago. And and that has always stuck in my head, this concept that people need to learn to work smarter, not harder. And the reason why I bring that up today as we look at our our marriages and the house of cards and, and this theme of love and respect, that most of the couples that I talk to Who feel like their marriages are houses of cards, and maybe they are houses of cards, that that when I talk to them, they're like, you have no idea how hard I'm trying at this. And as I work harder and harder and harder in my marriage, I feel like I'm getting nowhere, that I'm putting in all of this energy and and nothing's happening. And so they're, they're at the point where my roommate was. I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit because it isn't worth it. It's obvious to me that as I work harder and harder, nothing is happening, nothing is going to change, and, and I might as well cut my losses right now. Today, as we, we look at this message, I am, I'm hoping if you are in a situation like that to, to bring you hope from God's word by encouraging you and telling you and showing you that, that in your marriage, if you feel that way, that maybe it's about actually doing less than more. And, and that as you look at whether it be the battles you fight or the energy you are expending, that maybe actually what we need to look at is, is being smarter in our relationships, taking a step back, looking at them and see where we are wasting our energy And then seeing how we can take that extra saved energy and focus it in a way that God directs us to use it. That's the encouragement we have today as as the Lord encourages us to deal with each other with love and respect. Now, before we get into this whole love and respect thing, I want to start at Ephesians 4. This is a chapter before talking specifically about husbands and wives and, and relationships. And it says... You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Now, I bring this up today because it's really a carryover from Jeff's message last week. He talked last week about having hard hearts, that, that a lot of times when, when we come into to relationships, we have these hard hearts. It's because our hearts are hard that we have no movement. But today as I'm talking to you, I'm going to make a little bit of an assumption. And that is an assumption that you have soft hearts, that you truly, genuinely desire to do what God wants of you. That in your relationship with God, that that you you do love your spouse. You do respect your spouse. You want this relationship to work. And so in the blank, you can write love and respect come from soft hearts. Love and respect come from soft hearts. And I want to also encourage you that your heart is like Plato. And I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, when, when you would go and you'd work with Play-Doh, the first thing you'd do is take it out of the little canister, and then you would just have to work it. And, and you'd work it, and the more you worked it, the, the, the softer it got, and the easier, easier it was to work with. But then after you you take the Play-Doh, and you put it back in the little can and put the cover on, and you go to play with it the next day you have to go through that process all over again because just over, overnight that the play-doh starts to set and, and it starts to get hard. The same is true in our hearts, that, that if you are someone who, who looks at yourself and say, I do have a soft heart, I, I do want to do what God wants me to do, talking from personal experience, that very rarely is my heart as soft as I think it is. And so the place where I start and and would encourage you to start every day is by softening the play-doh, softening your heart as you use God's law to, to look at the roles you have in your life to confess to God where I failed as a husband, as a father, as a pastor, as a friend. And, and as I look at those, that to, to go to the Lord and say, Lord, for the times that I know that I've failed and for the times where I don't even realize I have, please forgive me. And Lord, I know I'm forgiven through Jesus Christ, and, and so please give me the strength today to live for you. Be with me today, Lord, in all my relationships. That's a, soft, soft, a way that we soften our hearts with God's word. And that's what it's talking about here, putting off that old self and having the new self to be like God. Now, as we do that, again, we're looking at our relationships, a soft heart. The second thing we want to remember as we look at love and respect is is Matthew 19, verse 4. Haven't you read, he replied, that at the beginning, the creator made them male and female? Can look at that in, in the Bible. It talks about how God created gender, maleness, and and femaleness, and God did that on purpose. And, and from the time we're little, we understand that there's there's a difference between boys and girls, between men and women. And some of those are physical differences. Some of those are emotional differences. There's all different kinds as you look at that associated with gender. And we want to celebrate that, celebrate that difference. And so in the blank you can write, God has given us gender as a gift for men and women to complement one another, not compete. to compliment one another. And, and I want to make sure you understand that the word compliment here isn't like give compliments like, hey, honey, you're great. No, you're great, honey. Which it's okay to give compliments like that on a daily basis, hourly basis if necessary. But compliment here, that that word compliment means to complete, that, that the two of you complete one another, that, that two things come together to make one thing. And, and one way that I, I just share with you today to, to celebrate this and a way that we got to experience, my wife and I got to experience this, some of you may know that we have been gone a lot this month. And one of the reasons why is we still own our home up in Wisconsin. It's a long story. Uh, but anyways, we rented it for two years. We're selling it. We have an accepted bid on the house, praise the Lord. But it had been rented, and the house got really beat up. And we knew that we had to go there, and if we were going to sell it, it it was unsellable in the condition that it was in. And so we were going, my wife and I were going up for 10 days to get the house ready. Now, because we know each other very well, we understood that these 10 days could make or break us. And the reason why is we have a history of not always seeing things the same way. I'll just put it that way. And what we got to experience over those 10 days was was really amazing to me and, and strengthening to our marriage relationship. And the reason why is at we went, as we went at the house, there were certain things that I hate, I loathe doing. And one of them is painting. And my wife, on the other hand, really enjoys painting. And, and, and so as we went there and, uh, and she said, you know what, I think the whole outside of the house needs to be painted. My reaction was, I disagree. You know, I think it looks fine just the way it is. And, and she said, how about if I paint it? Meaning she would paint it. To which I said, I think painting's a great idea. <laughs> now, in the meantime, there were also things that needed to be done. A bathroom needed to be gutted, uh, that, that there was a shed that was, was falling apart. And with each one of those things, they involved the use of power tools to fix them, which I kind of like. And, and so as I looked at those things and I was like, oh man, I can go do that, she was kind of like, you know what? I'd just as soon not go near the shed. And I think it might have been because of the spiders, but that's a whole nother issue. But the bottom line is, as we were working together with that house over 10 days, and we were able to see by the time we got done, we had an accepted offer on the house in three days, which I think gives, gives gives you an idea of how good the house looked when it was done. A number of people bid on it. And, and we were just so thankful and the two of us just took a step back and I think we truly in a way that we haven't in a while thank God for each other because we realized that it wouldn't have been nearly as good without each other. And I'm telling you that, it, that sometimes it, it, it took us, we said we're going to make an HGTV show about this, you know, we'll love him or leave him, and uh, that you go work on a house for 10 days, and then after 10 days you decide to live in the house or separate. But, uh, but, but as we looked at it, we realized it was a way for us, that in a way that I don't think we had in a while, that we really valued each other's differences because it helped complete a project. And now the key for us as we look at love and respect and gender to appreciate your spouse in the same way that their differences in your marriage make your marriage better and and give you a view in your blind spots that you normally wouldn't have. All right, so this, amen. There you go, love and respect, that's easy. Go work on the house. But here is the issue, James 4, verse 1 and 2. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires, that battle within you? You desire, but do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. And now we're looking at the other part. This is what God meant it to be, to be complementing each other, completing one another. But there's another reality that I think all of us live in our marriage to one extent or another. And that is that in our marriage relationship, and it's not just marriage, so with single people here today as well, this is not, marriage is one way that you see it, but I'm gonna get to this, this is in all relationships, but specifically here as it relates to marriage, that, that when you don't get what you want or feel you need out of a relationship, the quarreling, And the arguing start. Because you're not getting what you want. I want him to be this. I want her to be that. And so what happens is, you can write it in the blank. Another name for a house of cards is the crazy cycle. The crazy cycle. And it comes from trying to get blessings the wrong way. It comes from trying to get blessings and, and that completeness the wrong way. Now as we have, I have a graphic that, that shows kind of what the crazy cycle looks like and, and so what it is is that um, it, you have a husband and wife together and, and the crazy cycle in essence is the wife not feeling loved or the husband not feeling respected and so when the husband does not feel respected, he acts towards his, life, his wife without love. And then on the other hand, when she feels not, that she's not loved, she reacts to her husband then without respect. And it's called the crazy cycle because it's like a merry-go-round. It keeps going around and around and around. And, and, and I'm telling you, all of you who are married have to know what the crazy cycle is. I. And maybe the, the way for you to, to help you see it, and this is important for you to identify in your life where the crazy cycle is, that sometimes it comes up with topics. And, and one of the topics that, that it comes up the most with is sexuality and, and having sexual intercourse. And, and the, the husband comes home and, man, I've had a tough day. Guess what would loosen me up? And the wife, you know, as he comes home, what he doesn't realize is he's all angry from work. And he comes home and he's kicking the dog and he's yelling at the kids, yelling, yelling at his wife, he's angry. And now all of a sudden wants, wants something. And, and then his wife will say, you know what? Well, that ain't happening tonight. Telling you that right now. And maybe if you would start talking to me uh, a little more nicely, and, and maybe if, if you would love me or spend time with me or, or, or just sit and talk for a while and, and reassure me, maybe that would happen. But it's, it's not happening today. And so he responds with meanness. You know, maybe I'll go out to the garage since nothing else, there's nothing in here for me tonight, anyways. And, and so it goes on. Another one could be finances. That, that when you talk about finances and uh, the credit card statement comes. So it comes, what are you spending money on? Are you kidding me? This is ridiculous. We're going to agree not to spend money on this. And then she said, well, you know what? If you made more money, this wouldn't be an issue. Uh, you know, when I was in high school, there was this guy who was uh, going to, to school to be a, uh, whatever, in, in corporate finance, and then I know right now he makes plenty of money that I would be able to spend. He'd be happy as if his wife only spent this much. So maybe what you should be worrying about is making a little more money and taking care of the family. Crazy cycle starts. And, and this arguing back and forth, it's, it's a merry-go-round. Maybe it's the kids and, and how the kids, how they're disciplined. Uh, you know, our, our child got in trouble at school today. Well, if he wasn't such a mama's boy, this wouldn't happen. And, and he needs to get tougher. Well, you know what? Maybe if, if you were more reaffirming to him, uh, this, and you weren't so hard on him all the time, this, this wouldn't be an issue. You tell me, I could go on and on all day with these things. When, when you look at the crazy cycle, and the reason how you can recognize the crazy cycle is that as you're going through it, in your head you're thinking, I've been in this argument before. I can, I can tell you the next thing that's going to come out of her mouth. And she can say, I can tell you the next thing that's, that's going to, to come out of his mouth. And the reason why it's called crazy is because we keep doing it even though we know it doesn't work. That's the definition of crazy. is continuing to do the same thing, expecting a different result. And it is going about things as Christians, especially we need to understand, it's going about it the wrong way. We go to Ephesians chapter 5. And I'm going to warn you right now that as you hear these words... And as I just got done with the crazy cycle, talking about it, and maybe now the the frustration part of this starts to come in, that these words are going to be like a a hot iron on your heart. They just, they hurt. Because that as we think about the crazy cycle, thinking about these words are difficult. First of all, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. Now, I wanted to start here. We're going to expand on these words in just a moment. And the reason why I wanted to, to bring this up, first of all, is because as we look at love and respect, to make sure we understand that, that love and respect is definitely inside of a marriage... But love and respect is also something God expects of us no matter who we are in the church. Notice it starts with submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. The word submit literally means to fall in behind someone. And, and, the, and it's a military term. And so when you fall in, the reason why people willingly go into the military and they fall in behind someone else is because then a group of individuals are now able to act as one. And when they do that, they become something much more powerful than a group of individuals. They now become one, and one that can move together swiftly and accomplish great things. That's what we are as the church. We submit to Christ. We fall in behind Christ. Inside of a, of a, a group, a, a congregation, we also fall in behind different leaders that we have. When, when you think of Phil as being the head of outreach, Phil Bischoff, we fall in behind him, we, we let him lead us where we're going so we can accomplish more together. That, that we follow behind our, our board of directors and, and Pastor Jeff as the administrative pastor. They, they set the vision for our congregation and we fall in behind them and we work together. That, that's the way that it works inside of the church and all of us that as we look at it, if we're follow, following behind, falling in behind the board, it's because they're falling in behind Christ's vision. And so as they follow Christ and we follow them, we're following Christ. That, that's, that's the fourth commandment is what that is, of God putting leaders in our lives and, and moving forward. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. And then also... How will people recognize us as followers of Christ? Love one another. It's the thing Jesus said right before he died. That's how they're going to know that you're my disciples, if you love one another. Okay, so first of all, we, we, we come to this conclusion that submission and love are, are love and respect, however you want to say it, are part of the fabric of Christianity. But they're also a very important part of relationships. In the blank, I want you to write... There is only one person I can control in my marriage or other relationship, and it is me. This is what Jesus didn't say, and this is what Paul did not write. Husbands, your wives, you know, this is what you need to know about wives and what they need to do. And it doesn't say wives, this is how your husbands need to act. No, what it, what it says here is, husbands, you need to love your wives. And, and wives, as you look at this, you need to also show respect for your husband. And the reason why is because in our relationships, the thing that we need to understand is there's only one person that you can control. And that person is, is you. That, that in my marriage, the only person that I can control is me. And so as you look at love and respect, one, one component that I don't want you to miss, it, it, because at some point we're going to have to answer this question, we're going to have to have this discussion, and that is, Pastor, I've tried this and it doesn't work. and, and, and Or what if this doesn't work? And, and what I'm going to tell you is that this is not so much about having faith in your spouse as it is in having faith in God. Because that's what this is about. This is a bigger issue. About God, what is your role for me? What is it that you want out of me in my life for relationships? What is an area that I need to grow? Second thing, just so you know that I know and I know that you know, I know it's easy to see how your spouse fails. Because you get to see it all the time. You get a front row view. And your spouse also knows how you fail because she gets a front row view of me as well. And so it's a lot easier for her to see my mistakes and mine to see hers and a lot more difficult for me to see my own. This goes back to that soft heart. And and this part is God softening us up. And, And sometimes the way we get softened like Plato is to get beat up a little bit. And to realize that, that this is an area where I need to improve, that I am not loving, I need to be reminded of this. One final thing that I want to just point out here quickly is that notice it doesn't say, "Women love your husbands." And it's not that women are not supposed to love their husbands, But, but as a rule, and, I, and this, there's, there's, you know, exceptions to the rule. But as a rule, women are very good at loving. It's something that comes natural to them. But men not so much. Men usually, as they deal with one another, that they have a respect for one another. That that when you you watch a football game and one guy pounds another one, they don't get up and hug. But they do get up and they hit him on the back of the head. Nice stick, man. That was awesome even though I'm the one that got hit. You know why? I respect that. I respect you hitting me as hard as you can, even if I'm on the other team. Men with respect, think of how many, if you've ever seen the the football players or whoever are willing to leave a place that's going to pay them $10 million because they disrespected me. I don't feel respected, so I'm out of here. Women, just so you know, the, the, the male ego is so fragile. Okay, I said it. Uh, that, that it is. That, that's something we, we crave. Understand the differences there in gender. Continue. Now we get the whole thing. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit, yourso- submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the savior now as the church submits to christ so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything so your husband is following the lord you are following your husband we're both following christ husbands love your wives just as christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy cleansing her by the washing with water through the Word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. This is great. He who loves his wife loves himself. Fill in the blank right away. The roles God gives helps men and women give what the other person needs. We give selflessly, and hopefully. We give selflessly, but also hopefully. Now, we need to start first of all with with this whole idea of in relationships demanding what we want, and demanding what we need of someone else. Of controlling the situation, controlling people to get what we want. And what you need to understand is that type of relationship does not work. And and where I take you is our relationship, first of all, with Jesus, with our God. Jesus gave selflessly and hopefully. What that means is Jesus came down and he showed love perfectly. He showed love to people like you and me. He showed love to, to the whole world, even those who would not believe in him, for all people. And he gave selflessly. 33 years in this, on this world, three years in his ministry showing love and having that returned with, with hate and disdain. When you look at the very end of Jesus' life, when he was really alone, look where his love got him. It got him arrested, it got him beaten, it got him nailed to a cross, and ultimately that love, the love for you and me, killed him. And and someone could look at Jesus and, and look at his life and say, It's proof that showing that type of love doesn't work. And sometimes even as a pastor, what I would like to see is a dramatic act from God, a a powerful act that he could force people into faith, force people into a relationship with him. But God does not act that way. He sends his Holy Spirit through the power of the word, and says, look at the love that I have for you. And that love is an attractional type love. It's a a love that changes our hearts. And it's that love of Christ that leads us to him. Instead of chasing after us, Jesus invites us to come in, and when it changes our hearts, it, it changes our lives as well. And we want to submit to him. And it's a relationship that lasts for an eternity. And so as you look at wanting to change and and working so hard in your relationships that that sometimes where we waste our energy is chasing and demanding and and wanting to get everything and saying "This this is what has to happen in order for you to get the love you want from me. This is what needs to happen if you think I am going to respect you. And Christ says, no, no, that's not the way it works. It's not the way I worked with you, and it's not the way you work with one another. If you want a relationship that's going to be solid and last, it's one where, where you follow me, where you respond in faith and, and offer these gifts, and watch as it fills the other person up, and hearts change. Let's go to the last part. This is some good... The last part is very, very important, and it's the takeaway for today. This is a profound mystery. It, it, this is crazy stuff. This is. It, it's hard to understand. It's like mysterious in that you don't come up with this on your own. But I'm talking about Christ and the church, what I was just talking about, how, how we come to Christ through what he has done. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you all these fill-ins. And I apologize, there's a ton of them. If you would like, after this, to, there's a book called Love and Respect. These are in the book, Love and Respect. And also, I'm sure if you looked on the internet, you'd be able to find them as well. But I'm going to, first of all, just read, these are the gifts of love and respect. Husbands, to give to your wife, what she, what she cherishes. Number one, closeness. Closeness. Next one, openness. And we're going to leave them up here for a little bit to make sure you get them down. Next one is understanding. Next one is peacemaking. Loyalty and esteem. And for him, what what he likes is conquest, hierarchy, authority, Insight, Relationship, and sexuality. Joe, to leave these up for a little bit, if you would, as, as people are able to, to write these down. Now, what, what I want to do for you is, as you look at this, first of all, you need to understand this. As they did the research for this book, they asked 80%, or, or excuse me, 100% of men, would you rather live in a relationship without love or without respect 80% of men said they would rather live in a marriage without love than respect women on the other hand were asked would you rather live in a relationship without respect or love they would say 80% said they'd rather live without respect than love now, as you hear this, the, the women are probably saying, what in the world, a marriage without love? What is, is this guy insane? Whereas guys look at this, and, and, and when you think about your, your wife respecting you, and, and part of this respect would be that she wouldn't nag me, that she would like me, that, she, that, that that's what we're talking about with respect on, on how it shows itself, that she would be nice to me. Not loving, not all that, but simply be civil with me. Whereas women, I'm, and again, this is generalization, 80%, so 20% of you disagree, I get it. But as you look at it, that women especially put up with so much crap sometimes because, you know what, I, I really think he loves me. And that's enough for me. And now as we look at this, the point of it is you need love and respect. Both of you do. But as you look at a way to give this, what we're trying to do here is find, I want you to identify in this, first of all, a gift from either column, that if your spouse could give this to you, that it would mean a lot to you, that it it would build you up. So first of all, the gift that you would want, but then second of all, to think about a gift that that you would want to give your spouse that he or she desires, or a different person, just in any relationship. So as we look at the, the for her, closeness, um, it's just, she wants to be close. Understand this, guys. When, you, when you're working 60, 70 hours a week and you're doing that to provide for the family, you ever have that where she said, you know what, I'd rather have you work 40 hours a week and we be poor, but you'd be with us. That's what we're talking about. Or just hug me. Just hold me. Go, go for a walk with me and talk with me. That's what I want. The next one, she wants you to be open, to talk about your day, to to let her know what's going on inside. Let me in. Let me inside of there. What are you thinking right now? The next one is uh, the understanding. Don't try to fix it. I don't know how many times I've been told that. Just listen. You don't need to fix this. I'm just letting you know what's going on. The next one with peacemaking, she wants you to say, I'm sorry, or you're right. (laughs) You're right doesn't mean I'm wrong. I'm just saying you're right. (laughs) The next one is uh, loyalty. She needs to know that you're committed. Loyalty, this is a way that I do this. I'm horrible at this. That sometimes, like if my wife might be having an argument with one of the kids, and I'm like, yeah, why, the kid's right, what's right? To go into that disagreement and then take sides against her instead of talking with her and, and, and working together as, as a, a mother and father. That type of loyalty, just, I know, dear, I know it drives you insane. And I apologize. See, I got two of them there. Uh, the next one, uh, esteem that you... Honor and cherish her, that she is meaning to you. That, you know what, if we today, to get married again, I'd do it in a heartbeat. Because you're the most important to me uh, that there is in the world. And you're a gift from God. Now for him, conquest. Appreciate his desire to work and achieve. The conquest, there's a reason why guys have heads hanging up of dead animals, okay? That's Conquest. You know, man caves, it's just women caves aren't the same. I'm just I'm not saying you can't have your little craft room, but the... <laughs> all right, just crossed the line there. <laughs> Conquest. Next one is hierarchy. If you want to see, when you see this, take... If you're a wife and you make more than your husband, remind him of it all the time. And that, I'm telling you, if you want to take a steam away... If you want to take, have him respond in a negative way, I know it doesn't make that much difference to you, but it does to us. It just does. The next one is authority. The desire to serve and lead, that, that you have something to, to offer, that, that you are the one who can take your family forward. Uh, the next one, to desire to analyze and counsel with that insight. Relationship. Uh, in relationship, you would think relationship and understanding uh, and maybe would be the same. It's not the same. What this means is, honey, I'd love for you to go fishing with me, but please don't talk in the boat. <laughs> because with men, it's relationship. There's a reason why football stadiums are made where you don't have to look at the person next to you, you're shoulder to shoulder you're spending time together, you're cheering, and, and it's different than my wife who, who likes to be face-to-face. Let's play a game. Let's do something as a family. Okay, let's. <laughs> do you understand where I'm coming from? These are struggles because to me that's not a normal thing and so when I give her tickets to a football game so we can be together, she's not impressed. And and then when when she wants me to play the family games and I'm like, "Ah, okay, understand how this works. Uh, And then finally appreciated his desire for sexual intimacy, that that is men and women, how they show that, it's just different. Now, this is what I asked you to do. Because what this is, what I'm showing you here and, and where you can go from here is how you can work your ability that instead of working harder in your marriage, you work smarter. And the way that you begin to work smarter is instead of working so hard on your spouse to to give them and show them something that they are not lacking, that you take time to listen and show consideration by giving something you know that they need. And then what happens, I think, Joda, we have up there is the, the energizing cycle. So his love motivates her respect, which motivates his love. And, and now what you have is the merry-go-round going in the different direction. And one in which relationships are are built. And so in when when the the energizing cycle is going on and I things come out of my mouth when I think I'm funny that are actually stupid and hurtful, that she still knows that I love her and she forgives me. And and she respects me. And maybe even later we have a talk about it. But but it's able to keep it going and, and it's to say, I know that he loves me and I know she respects me. And 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 that feeds us in our relationship with one another, and in our relationship with Christ as well. I know you guys are struggling. I know some days it feels like a house of cards. I know what it's like to live on the crazy cycle. And I'm, I'd like to tell you that if you start doing this, that in a week it's going to be all better. But that would be a lie. As you look at Jesus' life, His three years of continuing to show that love and love and love. After three years, he went to the cross. But the truth of the matter is that 2,000 years later, his relationship with us is strong. And his love is proven over the test of time where now as we look at him, there's no doubt that Christ loves us. And it works in us a desire to show respect to him and to follow him as our head. And that is my prayer in your relationships as well. There's a lot of work to be done, but you're not doing it alone. The Lord go with you. The Holy Spirit go with you today to soften your heart, to to work in you both the desire and the strength to live a life of love and respect towards your spouse and other people with whom you have relationships with. Let's pray. Dear Lord God, we thank you that you have given us two wonderful gifts, and those gifts are love and respect, and all of us need both of these gifts to one extent or another. Lord, we thank you for for making us specifically the way we are, that that you give us gender and you give us differences that complement one another. Oh my goodness, it would be horrible to have to live without people uh, of the opposite sex. And, and we thank you for giving us that gift. Now, Lord, we, we ask you to help us as we go through crazy times, sometimes crazy cycles in our life. With the love of Christ, stop the merry-go-round. Get it going the other direction. Energize us, Lord, as we show love and respect for one another. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. So, before we close, if you would like more information about Crosswalk or to listen to other messages, head over to crosswalkphoenix.com or come and see us. Services are held at Cesar Chavez High School at 41st Avenue and Baseline on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. Visit our website for directions. And now, some closing thoughts from Pastor Dan. As you leave here today, I know some of you are on the crazy cycle and I hope through this message that you have encouragement that there is hope and there is another way and that strength comes from the Lord. And as you do that, it's not a matter about doing more necessarily. For me personally, a lot of times it's about saying less, keeping my mouth shut and my ears open in my relationship with my wife. And so as you go, make sure you know you're not going alone. Go with the Lord's blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Have a great day. We'll see you on the patio.